were as happy as a cow and a human being deserved to be. Really naked, 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 really naked. Because the man was a smug. I don't do this with every audience. You need a certain sense of humour for this. Um, yeah, warped. WAIS is not affiliated in any way with WAIS-FM. WAIS? WJBS-FM, that's what I said. Shreve, and if you're a late-night comedy buff like myself, you have found just the right place to be. Welcome to The Late Late Show. It's a radio program that pushes the limit of good taste over the edge and, of course, right out the window. And as your host, a man whose personality has been patented as a form of birth control, a man who last used his library card to deceive something, Ed Clayton. A notice of caution, due to the nature of the aforementioned programmers, absolutely no one but the severely deranged should attend. However, all rules of order shall be observed until 5 a.m., so please do not try these jokes at home as they are performed by seasoned professionals who know how to dodge vegetables. And remember, friends, no flash prisoners will be taken during this performance. And now for your listening irritation, the Late Late Show in mono where available. Thank you. friends, welcome aboard. Either intentionally or on purpose, you have discovered The Late Late Show. I'm Ed Clayton. And before things really start to circle the drain, I need to mention that WAIF as a community radio station serves only to open its airwaves to responsible divergent points of view and that the opinions expressed during this program do not reflect the views of WAIF, its staff, strep, fungus, or ever-beloved and highly esteemed Board of Trustees. Fabulous work you're doing. God bless you and the horses you rode in on. Uh, no, friends, the opinions expressed are mine and mine alone, but they are gaining ground. Also, portions of this program, The Late Late Show, if performed correctly, 
will contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended, you'd be better off someplace else. Uh, turn the radio off, tune to a different station, return to WAIF at 5 a.m. when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. All right, friends, numbers to call here at the uh, radio station, 513-961-8900. And you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. All right, friends, uh, I think we got a pretty good show lined up this week. Uh, of course, I always think that, you know. I mean, hey, pfft, why wouldn't I, huh? It's my show. Of course I think it's going to be great. But uh, having said that, I think we should just uh, jump right on into it. Stick around, friends. Lots of laughs to come on the Late Late Show 88.3 WAIF. Hi, Candy. Dude, what's the matter? Like, you have totally not been yourself lately. I don't know. I guess I wish I could figure out what's going to happen to me. Like, am I going to meet that special someone? Dude, like, have you ever tried the sucker hotline? No. What is it? Oh, man, Jimmy, it's like totally live psychics 24 hours a day. They'll tell you exactly what's going to happen to you and stuff, and it only costs $9.99 for the first minute and only $4.99 for every second after that. Wow, let's call now. Hello. Hello. And thank you for calling the Sucker Hotline. Yeah. Well, how may I help? Well, my skin. You. Well, my skin, it smells like burnt rubber. But actually, it feels kind of good. So, am I going to meet my soulmate or what? Call the sucker hotline now at 1-800-BIG-PHONE-BILL. That's 1-800-BIG-PHONE-BILL. Our future depends on it. Say, kids, what's real bad for you but tastes real good? Sugar! And what gives you the excess energy to drive mom crazy? Sugar! So, what breakfast cereal will you tell mom to buy next time she goes shopping? Sugar shockers, yeah! New super sugar-coated sugar shockers are little bits of raw cane drenched in honey and coated with powdered sugar, glucose, fructose, corn syrup, and other natural sweeteners. And tastes just like sugar-coated sugar! Right, because there's no yucky vitamins or minerals to spoil your fun. Yeah! And how does it make you feel? Like I'm vibrating. Mommy, let's watch cartoons. Mommy, let's go. And moms love sugar shockers, too, because inside every box, there's a free bottle of new Flintstones chewable Valium. So try new super sugar-coated sugar shockers from your friends at Irresponsible Foods. This is the plaintiff. He's got a genuine legal problem, and he's trying to solve it on a tacky, low-budget TV show. He is a certified idiot. This is the defendant. He's managed to keep his case out of a real court for years. But today, he'll be embarrassed in front of millions of viewers. He's a complete moron. 
Today, it's another case of moron versus idiot on the stupid yeah, people's yeah. court. So, are you people as dumb as you look? Good, because we got to kill a half hour till the news starts. So remember, if you've got a real legal problem, yeah. take it into your own hands, because anything's better than the stupid people's court. You know, that's a good idea. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila, tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacle that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Yeah, I'd like some, you know, <clears throat> condoms. Uh-oh, here we go again. Trojan Band. Have a horse in aisle 6, aisle 7. Trojan Band. Greetings, citizens. Sorry about the score damage. No problem. But I had to rush over with these. Here, read the box. Trojan ribbed condoms with spermicidal lubricant? Indeed so. Ribbed for mutual pleasure, spermicidal lubricant for extra pregnancy protection. Gosh, give me a box of those. I just did. Oh. Now, where are the comic books? My horse needs something to read. I'll line. Thank you. And please keep in touch. Be a Trojan man. For mutual pleasure and extra protection, try Trojan brand ribbed latex condoms with spermicidal lubricant. Trojan, America's most trusted brand of condoms. Morning. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Morning. The United States Post Office. Glad to be of service. Next week on U62, he's back. And this time, he's mad. Gandhi 2. No more Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. This is one bad mother you don't want to mess with. Don't move, slingball. He's a one-man wrecking crew. 
But he also knows how to party. Idiot stick, idiot rare. Hey, Bondy! There is only one law. His law. Gandhi 2. How many ladies in there like Garth Brooks? Now, how many, how many guys in there like Garth Brooks, but are basically getting sick and tired of hearing about how great Garth Brooks is? What's the big deal about Garth Brooks? What's he got that I ain't got? Except the biggest country album in history and girls screaming in the parking lot. My wife thinks Garth Brooks hung the moon. Yeah, the woman thinks Garth is great. But if you ask my honest opinion, I think Garth needs to lose some weight. Cause I look better in a hat than he does and I got a lot more hair. I miss the dance, still felt the pain and I've never had an answered prayer. So old Garth Brooks couldn't even find Garth Brooks, you better hope we never meet Or I'll pound you in the dirt I'll slap that resist all off your head And choke you with a Garth Brooks t-shirt She has taken down our wedding pictures And put up a poster of you And if your name comes up again When she's sleeping, there's no telling what I'll do through this a few years ago when she was dreaming about George Strait. But now the name Garth Brooks are two words that I have grown to hate. Brother, you look like a cowboy airport controller with that ugly little microphone. Why don't you trot your butt back to Oklahoma and leave my life alone? I'm sick of a Garth Brooks. I'm tired of hearing about a I think I've had enough of Garth Brooks. My wife's in love with a Garth Brooks. She wants to be Mrs. Garth Brooks. He's no Billy Ray. Garth Brooks. He needs liposuction. Garth Brooks. He needs size perlin. Garth Brooks. He needs Nutrisystems. Garth Brooks. I think I've had a beta. Garth Brooks. American-made cars here. Yeah. 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 Proud of them, too, boy. Yeah, everybody's got them. That's why they're closing five plants, put 75,000 people out of work over the next five years. Going to move the car industry to Mexico. That's just what I want. Mexican options on an American car. Get that Eldorado lowrider thing going there. Get those fuzzy dice and that bobbin-ass dog in the back. Get a back seat that'll hold 18 people. Three in the trunk, five kilos of space in each tire. <laughs> to me, that's automotive engineering. I got a, I got a GM car. And they got about 30,000 miles on them. Alternator looks the water pump. Goes, how many miles you got? Okay, let's all fall in park right now. <laughs> it's true. I sat in a laundromat, coming Georgia, about three hours, waiting on this fellow to fix my car next door. And how many of y'all ever see that woman in the laundromat? She's got them pink sponge curlers in the hair. 
The polyester shorts, about 19 sizes, too small. The panty lines, and you don't want to see them. <laughs> Dirt around the ankles. Dozen kids, they're all named Sheila. <laughs> A rough woman. Kind of woman lives on food stamps, but her husband owns automatic weapons. <laughs> Go to the store, buy buying a sausage. Open them up, eat the sausage, then drink the juice. That rough woman. And I ain't no matter fat lady. I'm talking big ass woman here. Kind of woman looks like she'd give Ric Flair a run for his money. Or you get that skinny one. Got the body of a nine-year-old. Looks like a mixture of Karen Carpenter and David Allen Coe. You know, rough women. You know. Kids' clothes are dirty as hell, but they live at the laundromat. Right? It's like they run out of quarters or something. You know? I don't know why I got off on that. Just did. But... <laughs> this guy's looking at me like he's talking about my mama. <laughs> distributor module. Got to open my carts where the points used to be in the distributor cap. You put a little chip out, you put it back on, hundred bucks down the road. Took me nine mechanics to figure out what it was. Oh, it sounds like the engine. <laughs> yep, your whole damn engine. It's going to cost you about twelve hundred Oh, about 1,275, uh, about $1,290, about $1,800. You're from out of town? It'll take me, uh, what, six days to put it on. Hell, you can just stay at our house. <laughs> or you get that mechanic, looks like he didn't get out of the sixth grade, but he talks over your head so high you don't know what he's talking about. Say, well, we can do one or two things to it. I can blow your hose off the top of your intake manifold and create a vacuum down the top of the piston. Try to grind oil out of the top of the piston. Pull your header gasket down off the top and unhook the electrical switch from the starter and race it up your flywheel. Pull your timing chain down around the gear shifter and transmission. Fix your fuel mixture and your fuel injector system. Take torque wrench, pull the exhaust manifold off, clean that out, pull your crankcase off, take coal out of crankcase, put the crankcase back, take the boat out, and hook the hose to it. <laughs> or, we could just change the oil. If you're like me and you don't know anything about cars and you want to know if you have a good mechanic or a bad mechanic, you can always tell by the way he operates a cigarette. A bad mechanic holds a cigarette in his hand while he's talking to you because he's not ever doing any work. I got a cigarette in his hand the whole time. Always brags. You come in, you go, well, I have to get a valve job. Don't own my car. Wonder if he could fix it for me. Well, you say it's a valve job. Well, good God, son, bring your car on in here. Shut up in there 26 years. I guess I can fix a car. 
I wish I had a quarter for every time I done a valve job. I give some change to my wife. She doesn't have to launder a mat right now. I ain't got no change. I can't get to it today. I'll get my little boy to work on it for you tomorrow. He put a 396 engine in the back of a big wheel when he was four years old. I told my wife, hey, I'm going to not going to be a mechanic. His mama was a mechanic. Great mechanic, keeps a cigarette in his mouth. Burn the whole way through, won't touch it because he's too busy working. Never brags. You come in, you go, well, I have to get a valve job. Don't own my car. I wonder if he could fix it for me. Oh, you say it's a valve job. Where's your car at? How'd you get the dent in that bumper like that? They get you one of them shit happened stickers going back that night. What'd you do? Run over that same fella been getting hit by all them cars. Thank you very much. Put this cigarette out. I've been trying to quit smoking about a month. I'm sitting around all day going, I can't wait that damn mechanic bit gets here. <laughs> uh, this song doesn't have an intro. So hit it. I was driving down US 41, some idiot crossed the line. I had to swerve to miss him, knock down a deer crossing sign. Took out some woman's mailbox, wound up hitting a pothole. And the last thing I remember, I was chewing on a telephone pole, but I had on clean underwear. Clean underwear. Yeah, my mama would have been proud of me, cause I had on a pair. I had on clean underwear when they took me to intensive care. Yeah, the doctor and nurse said, look at there, he's got clean underwear. List. Scared me up a date with a physical therapist. I took her out for dinner and drinks and got her back to my pad. She said she liked the lights on and boy, I was glad I had on clean underwear. Clean underwear. Yeah, my mama would have been proud of me cause I had on a pair. I had on clean underwear when I put myself in her care. Yeah, the good looking nurse said, look at there, you got clean underwear. group the other night. You've seen those kind of people, embalming fluid people. You only get those hospital fibrillator things out after them. You know, clear, poof, and I'm going again. Had to start an IV with E5WN and transport immediately. <laughs> you remember that show back in the 70s? Emergency. Didn't matter what happened, they fall off a building, get hit by a truck, you start an IV with E5WN and transport immediately. 
I always thought it was Stone and Ivy with WD-40 and Transport a Minute. <laughs> and they always called in. Yo, Rampart, we got a male victim. I'm like nine years old going, Stone and Ivy with E5W, Transport the guy. How many seasons we got to watch this show before you all catch on to them? And they had that nurse on there, Dixie McCall. Looked like she slept with everybody in the hospital. And if it was just cuts and abrasions, she'd handle it. Now start an IV with E5W. If it was something tough, they'd pull in Robert Fuller with the sideburns. Used to be on Laramie. Well, let's go up into one, better start that IV with E5W, and you'll get here, blow the horn, man, Dixie, be in the back. <laughs> okay, Bob. love that show. I love medical shows. Rescue 911 is my favorite show on television. I can watch that show 24 hours a damn day. They got paramedics on this show who can take a man who's been underwater in a lake for four days and bring his ass back. Oh, well, luckily the coldness of the water allowed enough oxygen to stay in the brain tissue of the individual. We started CPR on the victim, started an IV with A5W and brought his ass back. <laughs> Next week, they're going to take a guy who's already been buried. <laughs> well, luckily, the victim's daughter had enough presence of mind to get on the Hearst car phone, called 911. We got the dirt off of him, pried the vault open. He's got a formaldehyde taste in his mouth. But he's perfectly fine. He's working in the coming school system now. He's going to be okay. <laughs> I, always, I always loved official people like that. Don't you love official people? Like those police spokesmen they have on the news. You know, they always get some cop look like he never made an arrest in his life, right? They bring him out. Can you tell us exactly what happened in the case? Uh, two white individuals were apprehended by the arresting officer. Officer pursued the individual approximately 2.4 miles. Of perpetrators were apprehended, taken downtown, have been booked, or waiting to arraignment at this particular point. Uh, well, can you tell us the suspect's names? Uh, we're not allowed to release the name of the suspect at this point. All I can say is one Caucasian male, approximately 6 feet 2 inches tall, wearing Nike tennis shoes, blue jeans, and a T-shirt. His accomplice was a 5 feet 8 inch Caucasian male, also wearing Nike tennis shoes, blue jeans, and a T-shirt. Obviously, they did shop at the same spot. <laughs> Can you tell us why you have the personality of a tennis shoe tongue, sir? Can you tell us? Anybody ever have a relative in their family that just lied like a dog? <laughs> Not talking about once in a while. Talking about all the time. You didn't even believe their relative till you saw paperwork on them. I had an uncle like this. His name was Bedford Smith Wilson. We called him Uncle B.S. <laughs> and for short, we just called him Uncle Bull. She walk up to him and you go, uh, Uncle B.S., where were you November 22nd, 1963? Let me think a second. November 22nd, 1963. Let me think a second. That's the day everybody's supposed to remember where they was. I was working at a school book depository in Dallas, Texas. Houghton <laughs> Mifflin had just come out with that new math, and they had them real thick math books. And it's hard to pick your boxes up by yourself, and I told them, y'all got to get somebody here to help me with these boxes. And they hired a fellow named Lee, something. I can't remember his name, but 
He'd been in the Marine Corps and I, of course, in the Navy for five years. And he got bragging about what a great shot the Marine Corps was as opposed to the Naval Forces. I said, I'll tell you what, you little pinko commie bastard. This afternoon at lunch, I want you to go back to your boarding house and bring back your rifle. I got two tickets to the Texas Theater. Says you can't hit that manhole cover down there by that grassy knoll. You know, he cracked off four shots down for President of the United States. Didn't drive by at that exact moment. bit of Tim Wilson from the album Tough Crowd. Ah, my friends, what say we take care of some pubic cervix announcements as I rip these guys off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll? As we quote-unquote enjoy the world's worst opera singer, Florence Foster Jenkins. My friends, when adults run out of ideas for helping children, they can end up feeling as frustrated as kids. Connectforkids.org on the web has thousands of resources for helping kids in your community. Connectforkids.org offers guidance for grown-ups. A public service message brought to you by the Benton Foundation and WAIF 88.3 FM. And in response to an increasing number of, of abused and neglected children in Kentucky, the Diocesan Catholic Children's Home in Fort Mitchell is searching for foster and adoptive parents. There are now more than 350 children in Kentucky's foster care system waiting to be adopted. If you can help, please call Ron Birch at 859-331-2040 or visit online at www.dcchome.org And jump on board the Caribbean Express and explore various islands of the West Indies through music with your host, Sister Yvette. That's Caribbean Express every Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. on 88.3 FM W-A-I-F Cincinnati Alright friends, uh, we have much more to come your way here on the Late Late Show Numbers at the station area code 513-961-8900 Or you can always log in to www.waif.org Stick around, stay tuned friends You never know what's going to happen next I don't even know. And I'm at the helm. So, you know, some days it's like giving a drunken monkey a loaded gun. Betty's Big Fever. Betty's Big Fever. Betty's Big Fever. Howdy, I'm Betty. Do you have a special hunger? A taste for something that you just can't get nowhere else? Then come on down and stuff your face at my Big Fever truck stop. Betty's Big Fever is always open. We got the kind of taste you were always hoping. From chicken fried steak to big 
Brook Trout, the whole family will agree it's pretty enough. On the run? Well, try our Fox Lunch. Or y'all bring your friends, cause my big beaver seats over a hundred. Well, don't let the crowd scare you. We'll find room to stick you in. Betty's big beaver open all night long. Come on down and see us at the crack of dawn. We'll make you up that special dish. And when you come on Friday, we smell like fish. My big beaver. Well, come on in and sit a spell. There's room for the whole family. And plenty of nice, friendly folks just flapping their lips. Exit 17 off the Northway. Just look for the Big Beaver. Betty's Big Beaver. Hi, fellow dead people. Billy Mays here. Are your clouds dirty? Is your harp smudgy? Have you noticed unsightly stains on your pearly gates? Then why not try the proven stain lifter that keeps everything white and bright? Angel Clean! Angel Clean washes away dirt, grease, and grime to keep your spot in heaven sparkly clean. Angel Clean does it all. Just look at the shine on this halo. Here's St. Peter's white robe before and after Angel Clean. Wow! But hey, don't take my word for it. Angel Clean lifted the Jesus juice right out of my gloves and didn't scratch a single sequin. <laughs> I got a little shaky after my fifth drink. No worries. Angel Clean scrubbed away my toughest Bloody Mary stains. hi -oh! Angel Clean works like magic, and it comes with no lifetime guarantee because you're already dead. It even has the stamp of approval from the big man himself, Angel Clean. Plus, if you order now, I'll send you a bonus bottle of Sin Clean, the patented sin washer, absolutely free. Oh, I'll take a bottle of that. Don't wait. Order now. Timeline to the top of the key taken by Kareem. He stops. He looks. He fakes. Deeks. Turns. Pumps. Holds. Twists, spins, he chokes, gags, bends, pukes, and oh, he's all over the court. Stop it! Stop it! Leave me alone! Bobby, 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 hit me! I said stop it! Becca, you kids, go outside and play before you drive me crazy! I could really go for a cigarette. Hey, Mom. Stressed out since you stopped smoking? Yeah, right, weenie face. And because I'm not smoking, I'm snacking instead. So now I'm gaining weight. Hope you're happy, mister. Don't fret, Mom. Now there's a new product that can solve both problems. Introducing new Sig Newton. Sig Newton, huh? That's right. We took an old snack favorite, then added just enough nicotine to equal the effect of a single cigarette. Here, try one. Mm. The nicotine in Sig Newtons means you can snack all you want without gaining weight. Best of all, nobody will know you've started smoking again. Hey, nice buzz. Give me another one. Sig Newtons. Pick up a carton today. And coming soon for Dad, new Double Snuff Oreos. If your car's life is over, go see Ben Dover. You'll realize what you had was heinous when you hop in and ride your anus. Oh, yeah. You've enjoyed driving Mercury. You loved your Saturn. Now come and dig Uranus. Love that new car smell? Nothing smells like Uranus. Dependability? No one has ever got stuck in Uranus. Take the plunge now. Be courageous. Bend over and ride Uranus. And if you like a car that holds the road, you couldn't wipe out Uranus if you tried. 
Uranus. Powerful, yet great with gas. Need trunk space? Rest assured you can pack anything in Uranus. And if Uranus is rear-ended, our well-lubricated joints will soften the blow. Come to our showroom and pick out Uranus. And leave that messy paperwork to us. Check out Uranus. Take the dive like Greg Luganus. Bend over and ride Uranus. Sure, when it comes to sex, you're responsible, but now they're marketing big-size condoms, and frankly, you'd need a belt and suspenders to keep one on. Well, don't be embarrassed. Hot Dog House now offers regular-size condoms with big-size package names. Bob, you dropped something from your wallet. Oh, my God, it's Here. my... Here, oh, the Hindenburg. Only kind I use. Order your regular-size condoms from Hot Dog House with names that give you confidence. The Jolly Mean Giant, Cruise Missile, Pikes Peak, Superdome. Only you'll know the real story for a while. So, uh, why is there a munchkin riding in the Hindenburg? Good morning, Cincinnati. Bob Shreve here, and I'd just like to say that the Late Late Show is the most despicable program I've ever heard in my life, and I never miss it. I never listen to it. And I never miss it. So roll him, Charlie. hi I think he's the Antichrist. Hello, and welcome to the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation. If you reach this number in error, you're in luck, because we're about to serenade you. If you've dialed correctly, you're in luck, because we're about to serenade you. Oh, the tobacco plant is a lovely plant. It leaves so broad and green. But you shouldn't think about the tobacco plant if you're still a teen. Because tobacco is a big person's plant, and that's the way it should be. So if you're under 21, go and climb a tree. Oh, the tobacco plant is a lovely plant. And that, my friends, is no yard. We let it ripen in the field and hang it in the barn. If you think that really sucks, we agree. Write a better song about the tobacco plant, and we'll use it. Thank you for calling the Viagra Hotline. You should stop taking Viagra if your girlfriend's raw, if you got it stuck inside a bottle, if you got it stuck inside an animal, if you can no longer wear pants, you can no longer run, hike, or walk, if it keeps on hitting the brake pedal, if it hits the gas pedal, it punctures the driver's side airbag, if it punctures the passenger side airbag, if you got it caught inside an elevator door, if you got it caught in an elevator door in a really tall building, if it knocked over your living room furniture, if it knocked up your secretary, if the neighbors are afraid of it, if the neighbors call it chupacabra if the neighbors are pregnant if symptoms persist carry a photo of rosie o'donnell with you at all times if symptoms still persist seek professional help hi we're not in right now to take your call but if you'd like to leave us a message please press pound press three then dial your name and press six and dial your number then press star press 69 ask for extension 4443 then leave your name and message if you want to leave your number and the time you call please press star twice bark like a dog spin in a circle press one 26 times and wait for the beep hello got a mail chicken in china the chinese chicken mommy Chickity China Chinese chicken you have? What do you mean? Chickity China the Chinese chicken. Have a drumstick and your brain starts clicking. You have? No. Chickity China the Chinese chicken. Chinese chicken? Chickity China Chinese chicken. Sorry, I'm, I'm not really understand what do you mean. Chickity China the Chinese chicken. Have a drumstick and your brain starts clicking. You have? So you're not old or you're not told to someone? Chickity China the Chinese chicken. I'm not, I don't understand what do you mean. Chickity China. Nope. The Chinese chicken. No. No, chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. No. Have a drumstick and your brain starts clicking. Tommy? Have a drumstick and your brain starts clicking. Cricket. Cricket. What kind of chicken you want? Chickity China. 
Chinese chicken. I say, I'm not where you understand what do you mean. Hello? Hello, chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. China what? Yeah. Chicken in China? What is that? Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. Hello? Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. You have? We don't sell dogs. Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. All right. Have a drumstick and your brain starts clicking. All right. You have? Uh-huh. Hey, Charlie. Charlie? Chicken in China. That's pretty racist, man. You want me to call the police? Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. Hey, round eye. Hello? Chicken in huh? China, the Chinese chicken. You got time to mess around or what? Hey, Charlie, calm down, Charlie. Huh? Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. You have? What do you want? Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. Chinese chicken? Chicken in China. What about cola? Cola ID. How do you how do you work this thing? You press star seven two three. Huh? Star seven two three, Charlie. What's your number? Eight two five. Eight two five. Eighty seven. Sixty-three, forty-two. Uh-huh. Hut, hut. What's your, what's your address? Forty-two, big walkway. Big walkway? Big walkway. <laughs> right next door to small walkway. Uh-huh. Hey. Across the street from Chopstick Town. Hey. Hey, Charlie. You got nothing better to do? No. Take your pants down. What? Put your pants down and start playing with your ass. Okay, Charlie. Okay. I was like, fuck, Charlie. Hi, Civic Center. Yeah, this is Frank DeLeo with Michael Jackson's management. Uh, calling about Michael's appearance at the Civic Center. I'm sorry, I missed your name. Frank DeLeo, Michael Jackson's manager. I'm calling, uh, did you get a letter concerning Michael's appearance at the Civic Center? No, I didn't. Um, maybe you'd like to speak with my boss. Were you aware that Michael Jackson was going to be appearing there and we needed some things straightened out? No, not at all. Michael Jackson? Would you please put your boss on the telephone if he is there? Okay, hold on a moment, please. All right, did you get my name? Uh, was it Fred? No, Frank DeLeo. No, please. Frank. Hold on, Michael. Hold on, please. Okay. I just wanted to... Hold on, Michael. David Brickell speaking. This is Frank DeLeo with Michael Jackson. And I was wondering if you got the telegram that we we're going to call today and go over a few items for Michael's concert, which we're trying to book in your place. I'm sorry, M Michael Jackson, the singer? The, the, yes, the Michael Michael is here. I need to speak to him just a second. I want to speak Hold to on him. just a second, Michael. Hold on, Michael. We'll be right there. I wanted to go over a few things in case we are going to do a concert there. And this, this catches you totally off guard? I've, I've received no word on the matter whatsoever. All right. Now, because we, we lined it up with a telegram because Michael wanted to talk to you and see if you could do certain things at the Civic Center to see if this could be pulled off. And uh, we've had some trouble, as you might have read, with certain places, and we thought that yours might be the perfect place. So could you go over a few things with Michael now? Sure. Let me get a, a pad here. Okay. I thought he had said he had spoken to you before. No, I've not heard anything. Hello? Hello? Your first name, please. David? David, I want to ask you a few things because I want to handle this for the fans and myself personally. Okay. Do you have uh, an extra room that I could use, like during the show? Yes. I wanted you to get some mannequins and... Uh, mannequins? A... Mannequins. Yes. Can you write some of this down? Yeah, I'm... Yes, sir, I'm writing it down. Okay. I want one of the mannequins uh, face down on the carpet, okay? 
face down. Face down on the carpet, and the other mannequin sitting on top of the face down mannequin's back. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Have you got a regulation against uh, snakes? No, I don't have a regulation against snakes. In other words, I could ha- I could have a ball constrictor. Um. I need. I'll write it down here. Let me see that. I just say he, he wanted snakes. Uh, is there any problem with snakes on this, Mr. Bickell? I don't see any regulation whatsoever um, regarding that. Let me talk to him. I, to him. I need uh, a golf bag. One golf bag. With the clubs taken out. With the clubs out. I sleep in the golf bag between shows. Okay, I'll get you a large, one large golf bag. Okay, I need uh, Perriera. I'm sorry? Perriera. Perriera? You know that mineral water? Oh, certainly. How many mannequins can you get? How many would you like? Twenty would be okay. Twenty mannequins? Twenty. I mean, some of them are dressed. I, I don't want them to be dressed. You want 20 undressed mannequins? Right. I also want some Wheaties, please, in the dressing room. I'm sorry, Wheaties? Wheaties. And then would you, if you would open the box and just put one Wheatie on a plate. Wait, wait a second. I, I'm, right, I'm trying to write this down. Now, you want one Wheatie out of the box there? Well, I have to eat. Uh, one Wheatie on a, on a plate here. Well, I'm writing this down. I, I don't understand this. Okay, that's okay. We'll come back to that. Um, and I need a separate room. I need like three rooms for three different gloves, okay? Three different rooms. Let me handle this, Mike. Uh, the glove is very important in the act. I guess you know that. Oh, yes, I know, I know that. And he wants uh, three different rooms because the room is like a shrine to the glove, if you understand what we're talking about. I, I see. David, do you understand everything that we're talking about here? Because I just need to make sure. I'm... I've written everything down here. Um, I had absolutely no idea that the Jacksons were considering playing here. I don't think you do because you're on Gendit phone. What? You're on Gendit phone. <laughs> Dave, we're burning your buns. What? What's going on? Come on. Stop this crap. Dave. What is this shit? <laughs> Easy, Dave. Easy, my ass. <laughs> my mannequin, thank you. My glove, thanks you. Hey, take that f- glove and put it where the moon don't shine, asshole. <laughs> Melanie, what can the problem be, sweet Melanie? Don't you go out with me
tell some of the dumb things that I do. But I do have fun. I, I, uh, I go around the world driving people nuts with these sounds. I can do them without the microphone. Did you know that? You can hear me clear across the room. I don't need this microphone. A lot of sounds, of course, they don't come out because they're inaudible and the microphone only enhances the sound or brings it up to where you can hear it. This is mo nothing more than an electronic ear. It repeats only what it hears. I do the sound. Now, if that's the case, you know I do the sound and you can hear me clear across the room, it must be rather interesting to go around driving people nuts. <laughs> I got a sound for every occasion. I get in a crowd of people, I got a sound for them, I cause them to look around wondering who did it. <laughs> give you another illustration. I go into restaurants. Now dig this scene. I go into restaurants. I pick the most exclusive restaurant in the whole area. The one that brags about their steaks and their foods and everything else. And I sit in the middle of the restaurant. I figure if you're going to make a scene, be seen. They put me at the table. They serve the steak. I pick up the knife. No microphone. I go right into the act. Human nature, you should see everybody pick up the knives and look at the edge of them. <laughs> Boy, they don't believe it. The waitress serves the water. As soon as she pivots to walk off, I pick up the water. <laughs> Stops them dead right in their tracks. They keep looking down. Like there's a hellish leak around here somewhere. And you think I eat a salad like anybody else? No way. They put a salad in front of me, and I go right into the act again. You can see people looking at each other wondering, who's the pig? <laughs> Dumb things like that. I walked into a building one day. It was an insurance building. I know it was all marble. That's where the money is. But I walked in. I'm going to move right over here. I... I Follow me, follow, can you follow me to the light? Fine, right over here. Ah, you got it. Now, I walked into this building one day and I was imitating the footsteps. I was imitating the footsteps on the concrete. I had on rubber sole shoes. That doesn't make any noise. There were some people standing in front of the elevator. This is absolutely true. I am not pulling your leg. This really happened. All of these things have really happened. I walked up to those people, and this is what happened. Now, you visualize. Remember, rubber sole shoes. I was imitating the footsteps, people in front of the elevator. Here's what happened. I stopped right there. The footsteps kept going. I was looking down the hall. You know what the rest of the people were doing? The same thing, looking down the hall. Doors on the elevator finally opened. Everybody's shoving and pushing, you know, they always do. I was the last one on, so they shoved me in front of the buttons, all the different floors. Some guy on the other side of the elevator called out and said, would you push 20 for me, please? And I said, yes, I'll push it for you. So I pushed the button. Mm. I'm rubbing my finger like I got electrocuted. Everybody on the elevator is watching me rub my finger and looking at those buttons. 
This is the truth. You know, the elevator doors closed, the elevator went up 20 floors, nobody got off. <laughs> they weren't going to push the buttons. As far as I know, they're still on that elevator. Boy, oh boy. I grounded two airlines. I'm proud of that. I got on Braniff Airlines, Dallas, Texas. I'm sitting in the tail section of the plane. Hadn't started the engines yet. Just sitting there, thinking of some diabolical thing to do. And I thought of it. I threw this sound at them. You know, they came on board that plane and took it apart trying to figure out where that sound came from. And you know something, they found it. And they threw me off. I got on American Airlines, O'Hare Field, Chicago. I was sitting on the aisle seat. Six seats across, DC-3. I see a few of you remember that. That was first class. You should have seen Coach. But there I was, sitting on the aisle seat. There was a gentleman sitting across from me who had never been on a plane in his life. He was a nervous wreck. Oh, he liked planes. He was letting everybody know, you know, fasten your seat belts. Keep looking out the window. That's what he did. He kept looking out the window. One time he stood up and looked out the window and he says, Hey, look out there. Look at those people. They look like ants. And I said, They, they are ants. The plane hasn't even taken off yet. <laughs> so we're sitting at the terminal. He was tearing up newspapers and magazines with a pile of confetti at his feet about that high. So I said, I, I, sa I saw that and I said, What a shame. Somebody should have cued this man how, how nice it is. What a great planes and everything. Technology and all that jazz. And I said, Well... Somebody should have, but they didn't. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I threw this sound at him. Now, remember, the plane was still at the terminal. This is what he heard. And if you know anything about trains, you know what this sound is. You know what I saw that guy do? So help me, he reached in, pulled his ticket out, and took another look because he wasn't sure what he was on. <laughs> I didn't throw in my train joke, of course. That would, you wouldn't let me out of here. That's my favorite sound. Have anybody ever heard me do my train? Yeah, I like my train. It's about a guy who's going to take a trip from Washington, D.C. to Philadelphia. Now, the train goes through Philadelphia and goes on to New York. Fine, that's okay. But he's a very tired man. He climbs aboard the train, tells the conductor, he says, please, he says, this train stops in Philadelphia. That is my home. He says, now I must get some sleep. He says, I'm going to sit here, lean against the window, get some sleep while the train moves along. He says, when you get to Philadelphia, will you wake me up and get me off the train? And the conductor says, oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll make sure you get off the train in Philadelphia. Just fine. I'm going to sleep. So he sits down, and the train builds up the steam. Now, this is the old locomotive. I like that one. It's a little bit more romantic. <laughs> It's going to be a biggie. It's going to be a whopper. Oh, oh, no individual applauding. You either applaud with the rest or get out. I heard that. Like that little old woman in the commercial. I heard that. You've got a chest cold. 
this is a long train. <laughs> well, what are you laughing at? It's either that or drop dead. <laughs> and besides, I like this sound. I know it better than anybody else, and I should. I was in the Navy eight years, seven on trains. <laughs> oh, they finally found me. They put me on a ship that was called an LST, Large Stationary Target. <laughs> it was dirty, but anyhow. trains if you've ever been around a train here's a sound you'll never forget oh thank you large now, the train is zipping right along. Remember the fellow who got on the train who wanted to get off in Philadelphia? He's leaning up against the window. The train's moving right along. He's sound asleep. Let's hear people going between the cars. You know, when you open the door, you pass from one car to the other. The train pulls into the station up ahead, and as it pulls into the station, of course, it cuts off its power, and from the sheer weight of the engine itself, the momentum just carries it right on in. If I didn't have to stop for air, I could be a freak. Harrison from the album The One and Only with Odds and Ends. Before that, Weird Al Yankovic, Melanie, 
Rick Dees with Michael Jackson at Civic Center, and a little gem I gleaned off of the web, Chickadee China, the Chinese Chicken. Glad to have you tuned in to The Late Late Show, friends. I am Ed Clayton, and you are in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. And once again, portions of this program, if performed correctly, will contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended by such programming, this would make a terrific time to get out. However, if you think you can handle it, you can hang on, continue listening until 5 a.m., at which time the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. All right, friends, we have much more to come your way. Stick around. It only gets more weird from here on out. some wacky stunts to get you onto my lot and help you save big money on new and used cars and trucks. Do you remember this one? This weekend only. You let me punch your grandma in the kidneys and I'll knock a thousand dollars off the sticker price. Or how about this one? It's circumcision days down here at Crazy Al's. Watch me as I slash away my own foreskin like I slashed away the prices on all of last year's models. Ah! Oh, I still get shivers from that one. But you ain't seen nothing yet because this weekend... <laughs> I killed my own family. <laughs> That's right. I slaughtered them in their sleep. And what does that mean to you? Probably nothing. Actually, it means incredible savings. I'm leaving tomorrow for a country with some tough extradition laws, and I need some traveling money. So everything must go. Check out this 59 Cruiser. Air, tilt, power steering, AM, FM radio. Why, there's even an oversized trunk with enough room for the entire family. <laughs> Why am I doing this? It's not a gimmick. I just couldn't take it anymore. You wouldn't believe my wife. Al, you're spending too much time at the dealership. You've lost your mind. I'm taking the kid. It's over. Oh, Bobby, Daddy, quit fighting. Ah, shut up, you ingrates. Shut up. Ah! <laughs> Look at this as a personal inventory reduction. Listen, time's running out. Hurry on down to Crazy Al's one day only going out of business sale. Hey, lady, don't open that trunk. <laughs> Uh-oh. Let her go, Al. I'm warning you. <laughs> you stupid pig. That car only takes unleaded. Crazy <laughs> <laughs> Al's Auto Sales, located just off the interstate. Crotch odor can ruin your life. For example, Robin James graduated with honors with an MBA, yet couldn't buy a job. She always heard, your crotch odor will drive away business. And Susan Brown, she couldn't enjoy a normal sex life because of all the vomiting over her rotten crotch. Crotch odor can even cost you your life. That was the case for Valerie Colbert. She was camping when a bear attacked and killed her. Did you know bears can smell crotch odor from miles away? If your crotch stinks, wash it. If that doesn't work, get crotch it and people will like you again. Crotch it. Use only as directed. Howdy! Hi, I'm Sp- 
back. And you know, when I'm driving down Route 9W on a hot summer day, me and the missus always stop at Dickens, Dickens Fruit Stand. They've got everything from fruit to vegetables, homemade pies, but there is nothing like their cider. Ain't that right, honey? Uh-huh. Dickens Cider. Yes, sir. Why, even though we were late for church last Sunday, she had to have a little Dickens Cider. Uh-huh. She says there ain't nothing like it. Even my minister says his wife enjoys a little dick inside her now and then. Hey, why don't you bring some home in our protective plastic rib bottle? That way it'll stay fresh. Or you can let it sit a while and have some hard dick inside her. <laughs> it's good at lunch, good at dinner, and there's nothing like waking up with a dick inside her. Dickens Fruit Stain. Just off Route 9W and Country Road 69. Open 24 hours. Because after a chilly summer night, I like to snuggle up in bed with a hot dick inside. It's carpet lick night at Lesbian Pally Dragway. You've never seen anything like it. Women side by side, flicking their tongues at over 300 miles an hour. See drastic plastic. Over great toys in action. If you attend only one homosexual affair this year, make this the one. Friday night, August 13th, will be Thunder in the Valley at Lesbian Valley. Move over, Honda. Make way, Suzuki. The ultimate two-wheel experience is here. Yes, 5,000 cc's of flaming fury waiting for a man macho enough to tame it. It's the Kamikaze XS, and it'll take you from zero to 200 miles an hour in under six seconds. Hold tight, because this babe's got everything except brakes. The Kamikaze XS. It's the last motorcycle you'll ever ride. Do you hopes to be getting a big-ass meal at a fly price? Right now, you and your posse can be snacking for under $7. No shit. McDonald's presents the big motherfucker. Get the big motherfucker with a bottle of Colt 45, chitlins, pig's feet, on a cornbread biscuit with a big old bucket of gravy. This be cheaper than two hits of crack, and so good, you'll be saying sh dog. Did somebody be saying McDonald's? You're damn right. McDonald's, we loves it when you be smiling. Hey, Joy Gridnick here. So glad to be on Ed Clayton's show. You know, Ed can botch more things before 9 a.m. than most people can botch all day. You gotta love him. Love him, but just don't let him botch up your stuff. He's just spitting out words to see where they splatter. Anything about that seem unusual to you? Good day, welcome to Canadian Corner to Great White North, and look at this. I'm Bob McKenzie, and this is my brother Doug, and uh, this is Doug's new beer bottle. Look. Oh, take off, eh? It's got baby bottle. Although it's not bad, eh? It's like a condensed version of a Saturday night. You have a little beer and a little of this. Look at him, eh? He's loaded. Okay, today we're going to talk about our topic. And uh, the topic is uh, why the parking lots are so small. Oh, I'm having a beer shower here, eh? Oh, jeez. This little sucker. That won't be the first time. Okay, what's the topic? The topic is why are parking lots so small at donut places, okay? Yeah. Like, oh. 
<laughs> way to go. my eye, eh? Anyway, so like the last night we were at Donut World, and like it's got like 20 tables, eh? But it only has like um, eight spots in front, right? So like we got there and there was no place to put the van, right? So you know what he did, eh? He just left it on the street, right? So we got a ticket. Yeah. And it was like 20 bucks, right? But, well, you left the flashers going. Okay, the, w the worst part of these places, though, is like one night, eh, I went out there. They got the worst service in the world. And I sat in that place for like two and a half hours. And no one waited on me, eh? And I thought, You're supposed Geez. to, you get your own donuts. You, you go up to the counter. Oh, get out, eh? You don't know what it is, Well, Jeez. I, I was believe. there like I thought, oh, I, she's a mean one, eh? Where so was I? Her down. I was there for like from 3 a.m. till 9 a.m., eh? I was there. You were asleep that night. I was by myself. Why didn't you tell me you were going to Donut World? Here, have some dip. Hey, don't, eh? Anyway, that's our show. Good day. I asked you to tell me whatever you want. Flying on the airlines and listening to the airlines' announcements and trying to pretend to ourselves that the language they're using is really English. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it to me. Whole thing starts when you get to the gate. First announcement. We would like to begin the boarding process. <laughs> Extra word, process, not necessary. Boarding is enough. We'd like to begin the boarding. Simple, tells the story. People add extra words when they want things to sound more important than they really are. Boarding process sounds important. It isn't. It's just a bunch of people getting on an airplane. People like to sound important. Weathermen on television talk about shower activity. Sounds more important than showers. I even heard one guy on CNN talk about a rain event. Swear to God. He said, Louisiana's expecting a rain event. I thought, holy shit, I hope I can get tickets to that. Emergency situation. News people like to say, police have responded to an emergency situation. No, they haven't. They've responded to an emergency. We know it's a situation. Everything is a situation. Anyway, as part of this boarding process, they say, we would like to pre-board. Well, what exactly is that, anyway? What does it mean to pre-board? You get on before you get on? That's another complaint of mine. Too much use of this prefix pre. It's all over the language now. Pre this, pre that. Place the turkey in a preheated oven. It's ridiculous. There are only two states an oven can possibly exist in, heated or unheated. <laughs> preheated is a meaningless f***ing term. It's like pre-recorded. This program was pre-recorded. Well, of course it was pre-recorded. When else are you going to record it? Afterwards? <laughs> That's the whole purpose of recording, to do it beforehand. Otherwise, it doesn't really work, does it? Pre-existing, pre-planning, pre-screening. You know what I tell these people? Pre-suck my genital situation. And they seem to understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, as part of this pre-boarding, they say, we would like to pre-board those passengers traveling with small children. But what about those passengers traveling with large children? Suppose you have a two-year-old with a pituitary disorder. You know, a six-foot infant with an oversized head. Kind of kid you see in the National Enquirer all the time. 
actually, with a kid like that, I think you're better off checking him right in with your luggage at the curb, don't you? <laughs> well, they like it under there. It's dark. They're used to that. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane. Get on the plane. I say, f*** you. I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. There seems to be less wind in here. They might tell you you're on a non-stop flight. Well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. Here's one they just made up. Near miss. When two planes almost collide, they call it a near miss. It's a near hit. A collision is a near miss. Look, they nearly miss. They might tell you your flight has been delayed because of a change of equipment. Broken plane. <laughs> tell me to put my seat back forward. Well, I don't bend that way. If I could put my seat back forward, I'd be in porno movies. <laughs> then they mentioned carry-on luggage. First time I heard carry-on, I thought they were going to bring a dead deer on board. I thought, what the hell did they need with that? Don't they have the little TV dinners anymore? Then I thought, carry on, carry on, there's going to be a party. People are going to be carrying on on the plane. Well, I don't care for that. I like a serious attitude on the plane, especially on the flight deck, which is the latest euphemism for cockpit. Can't imagine why they wouldn't want to use a lovely word like cockpit, can you? Especially with all those stewardesses going in and out of it all the time. There's one. There's a word that's changed, stewardess. First it was hostess, then stewardess, now it's flight attendant. You know what I call them? The lady on the plane. <laughs> Sometimes it's a man on the plane now, that's good, equality, I'm all in favor of that. Sometimes they actually refer to these people as uniformed crew members. Uniformed, as opposed to that guy sitting next to you in the Grateful Dead t-shirt and the fuck you hat. Who's working on his ninth little bottle of Kahlua, I might add. As soon as they close the door to the aircraft, that's when they begin the safety lecture. I love the safety lecture. This is my favorite part of the airplane ride. I listen very carefully to the safety lecture, especially that part where they teach us how to use the seat belts. Imagine this. Here we are, a plane full of grown human beings, many of us partially educated, and they're actually taking time out to describe the intricate workings of a belt buckle. Place the small metal flap into the buckle. Well, I asked for clarification at that point. Over here, please. Over here. Yes, thank you very much. Did I hear you correctly? Did you say place the small metal flap into the buckle? 
or place the buckle over and around the small metal flap. I'm a simple man. I do not possess an engineering degree, nor am I mechanically inclined. Sorry to have taken up so much of your time. Please continue with the wonderful safety lecture. Seatbelt. High-tech shit. The safety lecture continues. The next thing they do, they tell you to locate your nearest emergency exit. I do this immediately. I locate my nearest emergency exit, and then I plan my route. You have to plan your route. It's not always a straight line, is it? Sometimes there's a really big fat f sitting right in front of you. Well, you know you'll never get over him. I look around for women and children, midgets and dwarfs, cripples, war widows, paralyzed veterans, people with broken legs, anybody who looks like they can't move too well. The emotionally disturbed come in very handy at a time like this. You might have to go out of your way to find these people, but you'll get out of the plane a lot damn quicker, believe me. I say, let's see, I'll go around the fat step on the widow's head, push those children out of the way, knock down the paralyzed midget, and get out of the plane where I can help others. I can be of no help to anyone if I'm lying unconscious in the aisle with some big sucker standing on my head. I must get out of the plane, go to a nearby farmhouse, have a Dr. Pepper, and call the police. The safety lecture continues. In the unlikely event... This is a very suspect phrase. Especially coming as it does from an industry that is willing to lie about arrival and departure times. In the unlikely event of a sudden change in cabin pressure, roof flies off. <laughs> An oxygen mask will drop down in front of you. Place the mask over your face and breathe normally. Well, I have no problem with that. I always breathe normally when I'm in a 600 mile an hour uncontrolled vertical dive. I also shit normally. Right in my pants! They tell you to adjust your oxygen mask before helping your child with his. I did not need to be told that. In fact, I'm probably going to be too busy screaming to help him at all. This will be a good time for him to learn self-reliance. If he can program his f***ing VCR, he can goddamn jolly well learn to adjust an oxygen mask. Fairly simple thing, just a little rubber band in the back is all it is. Not nearly as complicated as, say, for instance, a seatbelt. The safety lecture continues. In the unlikely event of a water landing, Well, what exactly is a water landing? Am I mistaken, or does this sound somewhat similar to crashing into the ocean? Your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Well, imagine that. My seat cushion. Just what I need. 
to float around the North Atlantic for several days, clinging to a pillow full of beer farts. Flight continues. A little later on, toward the end, we hear the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. Well, who gives a shit who turned it on? What does that have to do with anything? It's on, isn't it? And who made this man a captain? Might I ask? Did I sleep through some sort of an armed forces swearing-in ceremony or something? Captain, he's a f***ing pilot and let him be happy with that. If those sightseeing announcements are any mark of his intellect, he's lucky to be working at all. Tell the captain, Air Marshal Carlin says, go f*** yourself. The next sentence I hear is full of things that piss me off. Before leaving the aircraft, please check around your immediate seating area for any personal belongings you might have brought on board. Well, let's start with immediate seating area. Seat! It's a damn seat! Check around your seat for any personal belongings. Well, what other kinds of belongings are there? Besides personal, public belongings? Do these people honestly think I might be traveling with a fountain I stole from the park? You might have brought on board. Well, I might have brought my arrowhead collection. I didn't, so I'm not going to look for it. I'm going to look for things I brought on board would seem to enhance the likelihood of my finding something, wouldn't you say? Tell me to return my seat back and tray table to their original upright positions? Fine. Who's going to return this guy in the Grateful Dead t-shirt and the f*** you had to his original upright position? About this time, they tell you you'll be landing shortly. That sound to you like we're going to miss the runway? Final approach is not very promising either, is it? Final is not a good word to be using on an airplane. Sometimes the pilot will get on, you'll say, we'll be on the ground in 15 minutes. Well, that's a little vague, isn't it? Now we're taxiing in. She says, welcome to O'Hare International Airport. Well, how can someone who is just arriving herself possibly welcome me to a place she isn't even at yet. Doesn't this violate some fundamental law of physics? We're only on the ground four seconds. She's coming on like a f***ing mayor's wife. Where the local time... Well, of course it's the local time. What did you think we were expecting? The time in Pango Pango? Enjoy your stay in Chicago, or wherever your final destination might be. All 
destinations are final. That's what it means, destiny, final. If you haven't gotten where you're going, you aren't there yet. The captain has asked more shit from the bogus captain. You know, for someone who's supposed to be flying an airplane, he's taking a mighty big interest in what I'm doing back here. That you remain seated until he has brought the aircraft to a complete stop. Not a partial stop. Because during a partial stop, I partially get up. Continue to observe the no smoking sign until well inside the terminal. It's physically impossible to observe the no smoking sign even if you're standing just outside the door of the airplane. Much less well inside the terminal. You can't even see the f***ing planes from well inside the terminal. Which brings me to terminal. Another unfortunate word to be used in association with air travel. And they use it all over the airport, don't they? Somehow I just can't get hungry at a place called the Terminal Snack Bar. But if you've ever eaten there, you know it is an appropriate name. with airline announcements. Before that, we had Bob and Doug McKenzie with Donut Shop Parking. Ah, uh, my friends, glad to have you tuned into the Late Late Show. I am Ed Clayton, and we need to get some pubic cervix announcements out of the way, so rip these off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll. Yes, friends, girls who are interested in the fun and learning found in Girl Scouting are invited to join a Girl Scout troop in their community. For more information about the Girl Scout program or to register your daughter, call the Great Rivers Girl Scout Council at 513-489-1025 or toll-free at 1-800-537-6241. You can also visit online at www.girlscoutsofwesternohio.org. And there is a Shriners Hospital for children in your area, providing expert medical care to kids with problems of the bones, joints, muscles, or severe burns, regardless of the family's ability to pay. If you know a child that the Shriners can help, Call toll-free at 1-800-875-8580 or check out their website at www.shrinershospitalsforchildren.org. And on a Sunday night when you're bringing the weekend to a close and preparing for the new week, why not take a trip to the motherland, Africa, for music, news, and information. 
That's African Village Buka with Olabanyo Aragon and Patrick Lenga, 6 to 8 p.m. Sundays on 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. All right, friends, stay tuned. We have much more to come your way. Numbers here at the station, area code 513-961-8900 or www.waferadio.org. You can always log on there. Stop in, check it out, look around. Never know what you might find. So stay tuned, friends. On the way at 5 a.m., the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along with Open Your Bible. This year, ladies and gentlemen, I was cool for two seconds in my life. I got to fly with the Air Force Thunderbirds. You betcha. They call me up out of the blue and they go, hey, we want you to fly with us. And I'm like, you got the right number? They said, yeah, Bill Ingvall, comedian. You stand for what America stands for. It'd be honored to have you fly with us. I'm like, it'd be an honor to fly with you. And he goes, well, we got to get you clearance from the Pentagon. I go, well, you're screwed. Because I just know somebody at the Pentagon is going to go, Ingval, Ingval. Doesn't he drive a scooter? <laughs> no. They got me clearance. I show up at Nellis Air Force Base, y'all. It was like in the movies. Jets are screaming over the top of the base. The colonel meets me, salutes me, says, Mr. Ingval, it is an honor to have you fly with us. And I'm like, <laughs> it's an honor to be here. He goes, you feel the need for speed? I go, I drive a scooter. <laughs> Think so. And I hear him go, dork. All of a sudden, here comes my pilot, and oh, God. These guys are that cool, you just want to slug them. It's just not fair. They got the good hair, the good chin. They got that eyebrow that's always cocked. Nobody ever asks a pilot, what do you do for a living? Because they're like, what the hell do you think I do? Look at my eyebrow. <laughs> and he is so cool. He goes, Bill, relax. I've been flying for 20 years, and I've only had to eject three times. Everything went great. <laughs> You're bragging about that? He goes, I'm just kidding. I've never had to eject. Oh, <laughs> lucky me, I got the funny pilot. <laughs> what kind of sick joke is that? So they put me in my flight suit. Oh, my God, y'all, I am this close to being cool. I got my name patch, the Thunderbird patch. They put this other suit on me. I go, what's this? They go, that's your G suit. You're going to pull nine Gs today, Bill. You pull nine Gs, we're going to give you a little pin. Not everybody's got one of those. I don't know what nine Gs is. To me, nine Gs is some idiot standing on the corner going, G, 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 G. I said, well, what does a G-suit do? And he said, well, it squeezes your thighs and your torso, and it forces blood back up to your brain. 
He said, that's why people pass out, because the blood drains from their brain. And with my size brain, y'all, it don't take a whole lot of droppage. Please, a good poop, I'm on the tile floor. We're just about to leave, and the medic comes in, and he puts a plas folded plastic bag on each of my legs. And I go, what's that for? And he goes, puke. I'm, I'm sorry. And he goes, throw up. You're going to throw up, Bill. Everybody throws up. Your body's not used to doing this. President Reagan threw up. President Carter threw up. Your buddy Drew Carey threw up. You're going to puke. I'm like, hmm, great. I got a bullet point up my butt, and I'm going to throw up. Why didn't I do this earlier? And this is the kind of humor, sense of humor they have. I called my pilot two weeks before I flew, and I said, dude, I don't, I, what should I eat the day I'm going to fly? Because I don't want to get sick. And he goes, just eat peanut butter. And I go, does that calm your stomach? And he goes, nope, tastes the same coming up as it did going down. I'm all suited up, y'all. They hand me my Thunderbird helmet. It says Ingball on the back. Oh, my God. Cool. We start walking out to the jet, and y'all, they have painted my name on the jet. Yeah. Whoa. I'm like, let's just take the pictures. We're done. My pilot climbs in. It's all been fun yak yak up till now. All of a sudden that canopy goes. And I heard. It was my ass. What am I doing here? I don't even like roller coasters. I'm in an F-16. And then. Dork Bill shows up. I don't know what came over me, but I thought, if I don't talk like a pilot, this jet won't work right. You can hear it on the cockpit tape. He goes, all right, Billy, let's have some fun today. And I go, Roger. And I couldn't stop. He goes, all right, let's do a little pre-flight, Billy. I want you to look down by your right leg. You see that white switch right there? I go, Roger, I'm looking. Roger, location. Roger, Roger. He goes, all right, let's taxi out the end of the runway. Get ready for takeoff. And I go, Roger, on taxi. Roger, take off. Roger, Roger. And he goes, Bill. And I go, Roger. He said, you can just say, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Roger. Yeah, I ain't taking no chances. If this plane goes down and somebody from the FAA goes, well, if he just said Roger, everything would have been fine. I don't know why he wouldn't just say Roger. We're sitting at the end of the runway just talking back and forth when all of a sudden, in my helmet, I hear this. Thunderbirds, heaven, you are cleared for takeoff and steep ascent has been approved. They told me, but remember, what, 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 what? We start rolling down the runway and the pilot goes, hang on, Billy, here come the afterburners. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> My ears touched. We are screaming down this runway. And he's calling the speed out to me like, I need to know this. He goes, there's 350, 400, 450, here we go. And y'all, we went straight up. And I'm in the back seat going, ah! Then he flips it over upside down. We're flying upside down! 
and you can hear me at 49 years old on the cockpit tape going, Mama! Mama! He flips it back over. He goes, you all right back there? And I go, what the hell was that? Roger, 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 Roger. He goes, all right, let's head out to military airspace, which I like to call the psycho house. It's their yard. They can play whatever games they want. We get out there and he goes, all right, Billy, let's have some fun. You want to do a barrel roll? I don't know what a barrel roll is. Yeah, let's do a barrel roll. He cranks that plane and he goes, I got vomit right there. I am chewing on what I had for breakfast that morning. But I can't throw up. Because for me to throw up, this is what would have had to have happened. I'd have to gag, pull my oxen mask off, take a plastic bag off my leg, open it up, puke, tie it off, put it back in my suit, put my mask back on. I ain't got that kind of time! Because all I'm thinking right now is, please don't kill me. Because if I die up there, nobody's going to feel sorry for me. They're going to be like, hey, did you hear Ingvald died in F-16, Grace? Really? What was he doing in F-16? Just screwing around. Well, he's an idiot. Yeah, I know. You want a scooter? He goes, all right, let's do some scenery. I'm thinking, oh, thank God. We're going to fly straight and level. Oh, no. These are pilots. We're doing these maneuvers in Death Valley, y'all, which, as you know, is a valley of death. He said, I want you to get an appreciation for how fast we're going. I said, how fast are we going? He goes, 600 miles an hour. And I said, I appreciate that. <laughs> he said, no, let's find a car. <laughs> what? Are we going to shoot it? <laughs> no. He said, I'll get going next to the plane with the, the car. And with another object, you can see how fast we're going. And I'm like, is that legal? He goes, I don't know, but it's fun. We come screaming out of the sky, y'all, and I don't know why this man was driving his station wagon through Death Valley. But he will not do it again. He never even saw us. All he heard was us come up from behind going, I look back, all four of his wheels are locked up in dust. And you know it was just some stoner out there who had just lit a big fatty and went, My pilot goes, let's head back to the Air Force Base. Y'all, we land. It was like the movies. The grounds crews there, they're saluting me. They're cheering my name. I look over at my beautiful wife. The wind's blowing her hair in slow motion. I'm hearing Kenny Loggins music playing. I am cool for the first time in my life. I take two steps away from the jet, look at my wife and go, Bleh! God bless you, Austin, I love you. Thank you so much.
If I have a date and I think I'm going to mount it, I go to the drugstore and I head to the counter. I get what I need and I put it in my wallet. It's the same old thing, no matter what you call it. A condom, a scrote coat, a manhole cover, a pork cork, a clam clam, plain old rubber, a head shed, a knob swamp, a third leg stocking. It's all the same when your bed starts rocking. Oh my!
Kolove. I've been sipping on some vino from a pretty decent year. Sipping home in my classic Porsche 914. I saw flashing lights behind me, heard a siren in the wind. And I wondered what the ossifer pulled me over for. When I first rolled down the window, he stuck a flashlight in my eyes. So I smiled and I asked him what was wrong. He said, your left tail light is broken. You missed a stop sign way back there. You're going way too fast and your breath smells pretty strong. Colorado Rocky Mountains high I'm weaving left to right and side to side Now I'm trying hard to touch my nose but I always stab my When I first was reading about this in the United States, uh, I thought, well, Jesus, nobody's ever touched on a subject like that. Nobody's ever written a song about that subject. So I thought, well, let me be the first. And... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who the song's about or what inspired me, but I'll let you work that out for yourself. <laughs> Son, gotta talk to you, sit yourself down. Your daddy's got something to say. What you ought to know about the birds and the bees and to keep you from going astray. Cause there are some rules of this men folk must follow and life on the farm will be fine. You can bang anything that you find in the holler, but don't touch your sister, she's mine. You can jack yourself off just as much as you want. Maybe grandma'll give you a hand. Or go ask your mama, cause she's been waiting for you to grow into a man. You Practice on cactus, but just you be careful of pricking your dick on a spine. No telling where else you can go dunk your biscuit, but don't touch your sister, she's mine. Don't touch your sister or you'll be in trouble, cause that sort of thing just ain't done. If you feel it twitching from down in your britches, go look somewhere else for your fun. You can practice on cactus, but just you be careful of pricking your dick on a spine. No telling where else you can go dunk your biscuit, but don't touch your sister, she's mine. your grandpa cause if you're real gentle he probably won't know that you're there but when you're finished just button his flannels and prop him back up in his chair you can have your first choice of the salesman that call or the preacher when he calls next time no telling where 
horse, you can go donkey your biscuit, but don't touch your sister, she's mine. Them buzzards ain't bad when you knows how to catch them. You spark and they'll think that you're dead. And don't turn your back on the cat, cause it scratches, but potty calves love giving head. You can do what you like to the horses and cattle, the chicken, the goats, and the swine. You can bang anything that you find in the barnyard, but don't touch your sister, she's mine. You can bang anything that you find on the farm here, but don't touch your sister, she's mine.
myself together Got into arts and crafts Then got into leather But you all left me when the times were lean Now I'm on the cover of Life magazine It's lonely Joking to it, coke with Leon. I was making musical history. Now I'm working for muscular destiny. Muscular, oh, muscular, yeah, muscular, oh,
was John Belushi back when he was with National Lampoon, Lonely at the Bottom of the Barrel. We also heard from Thomas Benjamin Wild Esquire. He has no more F's to give. Kevin Bloody Wilson, don't touch your sister, she's mine. From Bob Rivers, DWI, Colorado. Thanks, Jim. Julie Brown with Cause I'm a Blonde, and a little gem from the web, The Condom Song. My friends, you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. I am Ed Clayton. You're in tune with The Late Late Show. And you know, portions of this program may be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended, (laughs) I thought so, you don't have to have your senses assaulted by such material. You can always turn the radio off, tune to a different station, and return to WAFE at 5 a.m. when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. All right, friends, stick around. We have uh, another full hour of comedy headed your way. Brace yourself. Herb Tennyson. Is it Herb? Yes, sir. Herb, do you work in the sales department down there? Yes, sir. Are you the only old boy named Herb that works down there? Yes, sir. Well, you're the one I need to talk to. I tell you, my name is R.D. Mercer, and my wife was in there the other day looking at the car, and you tried to help her find one. Yeah. And I don't appreciate the way you talk to her. Are you at, you talking about Herb? Herb, are you named Herb? What she, was she trying to find? Well, she was down there looking for a car, and you kept showing her and telling her how big the back seat was. And <laughs> it ain't no, it ain't funny, Herb. I guarantee you, it ain't funny. I don't appreciate it at all. I've been married to the woman for twenty-two years, and she's a church-going woman. And she don't appreciate being talked to that way. Well, the reason I'm laughing because you got the wrong guy. Now you Herb, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been Herb for about 42 years. Are you the only Herb that works down there? Yeah, fine. Well, you're the only... Yeah, then you need a, I, one that need, I need to talk to. Oh, really? That's right. You kept saying how comfortable the ride is. Really? That's right. That's what she said. What was she, what was she looking at? She was low down there looking at a car. She's trying to find one of them terraces down there. Well, it's got a comfortable ride, you know. Well, that's what she said, you said. Well, it does have a comfortable ride. And then she said you you offered to show her your probe. <laughs> I guess you just laugh while you can, Mr. Herb, because I'm coming down there today and I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> I don't let nobody talk to my wife that way. I've been married to that woman 22 years. She won't even let me talk to her that way. 
so I insulted your wife, huh? You damn right you did. You gotta be kidding. No, and you're gonna get an ass whooping today. Oh man, I can't stand that. Well, that's right, you're gonna get one. How big old boy are you? Oh, I'm about probably about six foot three, weigh about two fifteen. Well, that's what she said. <laughs> you just that just ripe ass whooping size. <laughs> Right, go ahead, get it out of your system. Y'all have pretty good insurance down there? Oh, yeah, I went to the doctor Monday. Yeah, well. Workman's comp. Well, by God, you're going to have a little more workman's comp on your hands after I get through with you. You going to be down there all day today? Yeah. She said you kept trying to look down her shirt. Me? That's right. Kept showing her the tires. Said, get down there and look at them tires. <laughs> and you just looking down her shirt. Boy, that, maybe somebody used my name. Well, no, I don't think so. Yeah, they probably used my name. No, she said it was Herb down there. Well, that sure don't sound like me do it. Do you ever have your ass whooped before? Oh, hell yeah. I guarantee you, you can make them sexual in your enders to women that you don't know, and you're going to get an ass whooping. Hey, but the, what, are, you, are you a married man? Yes, I am. Would you like me to talk to your wife that way? Oh, well, she'll probably whoop you before I could. Well, then, that's what my wife should have done when she was down there. Yeah. If she'd have had that little mace on her key ring, she'd have stuck it right in your face. Hey, hey, is your wife pretty good looking? Well, ain't none of your damn business. You down there, you saw her. What do you think? I don't remember seeing her. That's how I got to know what she looked like. Well, do you, well, you make a practice of talking naughty to women down there? No, I don't generally talk naughty to her. Well, you need an ass whooping. Uh, well, don't come down there and whoop my ass. Well, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you, it's like you. Somebody ought to whooped it a long time ago. What? Down there making rude comments to them women, showing them your probe. What no, is that? What I is that? Beg your pardon? I didn't show her a probe. Now, that's what she said. She got out of there. She wanted to look at them terraces, and you wanted to show her your probe. Uh, she wanted to look at terraces, and I wanted to show her my probe. That's what she said. <laughs> well, it ain't funny, I guarantee you. That don't sound like me. Well, that's what she said. Your name is Herb. <laughs> that's right, Herb. That's right. Well. You think somebody could have used my name? I don't know. You better find out, because I'm coming looking up you, looking up Herb, and, and whooping his ass, whoever well, well, it is. Wait a minute. Before you walk up and punch me, will you let me know who you are first? That's R.D. Mercer. I'm a little wiry, fella. I'll be wearing uh, overalls and, uh, and a John Deere cap. Overalls and a John Deere cap? That's right, and I'll be down there today. <laughs> Damn. That's right. And your name is R.D. Mercer? Roy Damn Mercer. R.D. Mercer. That's right. You going to be there all day long? I'll be here all day. All right. We'll get yourself ready for a big-time ass-whooping. Get, get myself ready for an ass-whooping. Well, you'll be there about 3 o'clock. About 3 o'clock? Yeah, because that'd be right after my nap. Okay. <laughs> I come down there and whoop your ass, I guarantee you. You don't talk to my wife that way. I ain't going to let nobody talk to her that way. Well, why do you want to whoop my ass? Well, because you talk dirty to my wife, Galdane. That's what I told you. I didn't talk dirty to your wife. Well, you done it. That's what she said. Now you're calling her a liar. No, I ain't calling your wife a liar. Well, she said you done there and you talk dirty to her. How old is your wife? What? How old is your wife? She's old enough to know when somebody's talking dirty to her. She's old enough to know when somebody's talking dirty to That's her. That's right. We don't even take in them movie channels because that, that kind of language upsets her. She's a Sunday school teacher. Well, how about if you send her back down there? I'll try to be nice. I ain't sending nobody back down there but myself, and I'm coming with a 55-gallon drum ass whoop, and I'm pouring it on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that ain't funny. He said he's coming down here with a 55-gallon drum of ass whip. <laughs> are you ready for it? Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like you are. You're not going to have a couple of them other old salesmen over there trying to help you, are you? Yeah, you... I've got some help down now, here. Now, by God, it's one-on-one -on -one is what it is, Herb. Hey, don't one-on-one. -on -one. Don't fight, sir. Well, I don't care what... <laughs> 
Oh, oh, Herb. Phil and Brent, how you doing? Oh, just fine. We're just pulling your leg a little bit, courtesy of your buddies down there. Oh, really? They said that, they said that you kind of like to do this kind of stuff yourself. That's right. Yeah, I do. I'll tell you, <laughs> <We> just... <laughs> I'll tell you what, Herb, if you knock off a thousand dollars on one of them terraces, I'll let you look down my shirt. <laughs> An old cowboy went cruising on one warm and special day, and at the rest stop were some men he couldn't tell were gay. All at once he thought he heard a redneck cattle call, and two big sissies grabbed him up. Situation under control. 
Town, Captain Fairweather Lewis, and this here's Willard Clark. We the Pottawatomie County Juice Patrol. Then we passed by the Dewdrop Inn, and we heard this woman scream, so we pulled on in the park and got the guns out. Well, we bashed on through the lobby into Unit 17. There's 28 folks in there without no clothes on. I says, everybody up against the wall, show us your identification. You just gonna definitely get this situation under control. Cause my name's Fairweather Lewis, and this here's Willard Clark. And we the Pottawatomie County Senate Patrol. My word, let's go sneak around the dark more. Never know what's gonna find. Uh, what? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> On your mark, ready, set, let's go. What household? I know you know that she's psycho when the scandal hit. I almost the girl got sticky with her. That's it, now, honey, honey, just lie. Like me, I'm a guy, got it in your eyes. You gotta, you gotta dress with a lot of stuff on it. Put it in the wall, Sean Spence. Prosecutors looking at me, glancing at the kid, and they're thinking that I'm a pig. Slippery like a squid, like a cigar, right from cubic bar. But don't bite it, and most of all, keep it quiet. In the Oval Office for a sexual swall, right? I make you all sticky, Hillary Hayes, foreplay. Yo, don't you dare ask me how I've been it. <laughs> Big Willie Styles all in it. Getting shaky with it. Uh, uh, what? What? I'm getting shaky with it. Don't talk with your mouth full. Uh, getting shaky with it. I got something to say and I want you to hear me. She should have said. That's right. Getting shaky with it. That little club soda, take that right out. Janet Reno? I wouldn't let her. Oh, Bill, I know you're innocent. Yeah, shut up, Janet. <laughs> getting shaky with it. Uh, uh, what? What? Getting shaky with it. There's a floater in the toilet, and it's not one of mine. And judging by the smell, it's been dissolving for some time. There's a floater in the toilet, turning the water brown. I tried to flush it away, but it refused to drown. Ooh, oh, floater. There's a floater in the toilet, and the smell you can't ignore. So I stuffed the loo with paper, and tried to flush once more. But that floater in the toilet, is a most tenacious species. So I resolved to cut it up, into smaller pieces. Ooh, floater. So I fired my liquid laser into the murky bog And used my lemonade chainsaw to slice that floating log But the turd just bobbed around, dodging my attack And when I ran out of ammo, it was still one large piece of cack
toilet And it's not one of mine To make a smell like that Well it ought to be a crime Now I want to go to the toilet But I can't stand the stink So I resolve to drop my trousers And have a shit in the sink under the door. She gave me a radio. I drool and smile and swivel that dial to the Dr. Demento show. I've stayed tuned in for 20 years, but now it's plain as plain. Oh, come on, Mum, and let me out. Compared to him, I'm sane.
Well, bless my little pointed head, I'm howling at the moon. I'm nutty as a fruitcake when the doctor plays my tune. Dimensions and dementites from St. Lou to Sacramento. Note the weirdo with the beardo that the kids all call Demento. Listen each week and you might just freak and your senses will grow dim. You'll hit that crackpot jackpot and end up just like him. Calling all the funny farms, it's crazy time again. <laughs> Bring out the beer, the doctor's here to scramble up your brain, oh, 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 he's the guy, the reason why your funny bone was invented, if you're inclined to lose your mind, well, let's all get demented. He's the chap that Norman Bates would take home to his mum With songs about dead puppies and fish heads Crazy words and crazy tunes, Spike Jones and a little bit of punk bear He don't give a about middle of the road unless there's a dead skunk bear Flo and Eddie, Cheech and Chong and discs that won't go platinum Sung by folks that they keep locked up so other folks can't get at in them Calling all the crazy houses every padded cell I've run amok, I'm Donald Duck My, my, my radio brings me that show that keeps me so contented I'm king of the Zulus, I've got a screw loose, let's all get demented Exactly, A to Zachary, it's Barnes and Barnes the Goons. Steve Martin shaving foam and national lampoon. They're coming to take me away! A geek with a neck like a pencil. Monty Python, Loud and Wainwright, Gumby, Ogden, Edsel, Zappa and Elvira, and Weird Al Yankovic. It goes to show that Demento is one weird son of a. Calling all around the world, it's time to get delirious. Try Dr. D, and then you'll see. You cannot be serious! If you complain that he's insane, he'd be so complimented. Don't touch that dial, go hog wild, let's all get demented. D-E-M-E-N-G-O, Dr. Demento! Many, many years ago, when I was 23, I was married to a widow who was pretty as can be. This widow had a grown-up daughter who had hair of red. My father fell in love with her, and soon they too were wed. This made my dad my son-in-law and really changed my life. Now my daughter was my mother, because she was my father's wife. To complicate the matter Even though it brought me joy I soon became the father Of a bouncing baby boy My little baby then became A brother-in-law to dad And so became my uncle Though it made me very sad For if, if he were my uncle Then that also made him of the widow's grown-up daughter Who was, of course, my stepmother <laughs> Father's wife then had a son Who kept them on the run And he became my grandchild For he was my daughter's son My wife is now my mother's mother And it makes me blue 
Because although she is my wife, she's my grandmother too. <laughs> Now, if my wife is my grandmother, then I'm her grandchild. Yeah. And every time I think of it, <laughs> nearly drives me wild. Cause now I have become the strangest case you ever saw. As husband of my grandmother, I am my own grandpa. Oh, I'm my own grandpa.
That was Cake with a short skirt and a long jacket. Before that was Ray Stevens with I Am My Own Grandpa. Evor Biggin, Let's All Get Demented. A little bit from the web, hail the colorectal surgeon. The Nonkey Brothers, floater in the toilet. Bill Clinton, getting sticky with it. Lewis and Clark from C.W. McCall. Fudge Packers in Disguise, that's from Pinkerton Bowden. And Roy D. Mercer, the car dealership, started off the last set. My friends, once more, time for some cubic cervix announcements. Let me get these off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll. Yes, friends. Healthy Start Ohio's health insurance option for children provides health coverage to children in families with limited income who may not have access to comprehensive health care. Applying for Healthy Start is easy. Call their consumer hotline at 1-800-324-8680. And do your kids want to have fun, help out, and make friends? Are you into it? The 4-H Volunteer Program could just be the thing for you. Visit their website at www.4-h.org or call toll-free 800-779-6884. This public service message brought to you by 4-H, the Cooperative Extension System, and the Ad Council. And for the best in throwback gospel music and the teaching of God's Word, listen to Dr. Walker and Wanda Walker every morning following the Late Late Show from 5 to 8 a.m. You can study the Word of God from 6.15 to 6.45 a.m. That's Open Your Bible right here on 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. Ah, friends, so glad to have you tuned in to the Late Late Show. Numbers to call here at the station, 513-961-8900. And you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. Stick around, friends. More to come your way.
she winked at me As I walked by her, she looked like Tammy Wynette Left too long in my dryer My teeny weeny meeny My little teeny weeny meeny Well, one, two, three, mama Whoop that big body slam on me Well, she said, let's go And to her pad we went She poked me in the ribs Said, this'll be the main event her whole bedroom looked like a wrestling ring She winked her eye and said, don't say a thing Just when I was thinking I better give her the slip She jumped off the top rope with a micro monkey flip She's my teeny weeny meeny She's my teeny weeny meeny They say kale is antioxidants, but I'm anti-leafy greens. Hello, can you save me? I'm in calisthenics dreaming about Netflix and Mickey D's. When I was younger, these jeans used to fit me now my booty's got them bursting at the seams there's more circumference to my gut and no gap between my thighs hella cravings for some fries how did one push up in a Every time that I lunge and this gluten-free 
I can smell the curry in the 
station wagon car the skunk got squashed and there you are you got your dead skunk in the middle of the road dead skunk in the middle of the road dead skunk in the middle of the road stinking to high heaven take a whiff on me Yes. 
Everything reminds me of my therapist. My checkbook reminds me of my therapist. Kleenex reminds me of my therapist. People yawning remind me of my therapist. And you remind me of my therapist, but you don't cost a thing. People nodding remind me of my therapist, especially when I'm rambling on and on, not making a whole lot of sense about things that are totally unrelated, but she seems to make sense out of them. Clocks and watches remind me of my therapist, the way her eyes dart back and forth between me and the time. Pillows remind me of my therapist, especially when I beat them up. Empty chairs remind me of my therapist, especially when I talk to them. And you remind me of my therapist, but you don't cost a thing. Sometimes when I am in the chair and she begins to stare, I wonder if she likes me or not. But I know if I asked her, she would turn it around and say, why is it important for you to know? I'd say, I don't really know why I want to know. It's just something I was wondering about. But the real question is the one that I can't ask her. If you weren't my therapist, would you be my friend? Or do you have to like me because I pay you? <laughs> Laughter reminds me of my therapist. My childhood reminds me of my therapist. My therapist reminds me of my childhood. Thanks a lot. My dog reminds me of my therapist, the way she cocks her head and listens without any judgments at all. Do I remind you of a therapist? Why do I remind you of a therapist? I hear you saying that I remind you of a therapist. Is it my calm demeanor that reminds you of a therapist? Unanswered questions remind me of my therapist. If you remind me of my therapist, we'll probably get along.
What you just heard was a little bit of the Good Morning song, a little bit I gleamed off the web. The Bonzo Dog Band, I'm the Urban Spaceman. Gotta Love Millennials, Alan and Barbara Pease. Nancy Tucker, with everything, reminds me of my therapist. Loudon Wayne Wright III, Dead Skunk. A Phil Collins parody, Curry in the Air Tonight. And an Adele parody, Hello. And Billy C. Wirtz, the Reverend Billy C. Wirtz, started off the last set with Teeny Weenie Meenie. Well, my friends, this will put the capper on the Late Late Show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a large time. Coming up next over most of these stations, it's an encore broadcast from Pastor and Sister Walker with Open Your Bible. You guys have a great week. I'll check you again next Monday morning, 2 to 5 a.m. And you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. Bye.